0: You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Hey everyone, it's Major Garrett and welcome to our new podcast. Did you know we have a new feed completely separate from the takeout as well? Please just search Debriefing the Briefing. Click subscribe and then if you can and we'd really love this, drop us a rating and or a review. Pretty soon you'll have to be subscribed to the new feed if you want to hear new episodes of debriefing the briefing. Thank you, and now let's start the show.
1: Okay, it's Good Friday, let's be nice. Good Friday is always followed by Easter Sunday. And there is hope. There is hope in this moment that thanks to what the American people are doing every day, we're getting there, America. We have 50 states and it's not only the big cities. So if we're gonna pull out of this, we're gonna pull out of it in the big cities, and we're gonna pull out of it in those areas that aren't as densely populated. We need you to do this. If not for yourself, then for your abuela. Do it for your granddaddy. Do it for your big mama. Do it for your pop pop. From CBS Audio, this is Debriefing the Briefing. Here's CBS News Chief Washington Correspondent Major Garrett.
0: Hello from Washington and welcome to Debriefing the Briefing, a summary of the highlights of the daily White House Coronavirus Task Force Briefing. The April 10th version was the 37th briefing, Two hours, 13 minutes on the clock. President Trump participated in all elements of the briefing. President said over Good Friday and Easter, Americans should pray but also observe all social distancing guidelines and not congregate in groups larger than 10 said there'd be $16 billion in aid to farmers, ranchers, and cattlemen to keep the American food supply up and running. Dr. Anthony Fauci said this is not the time to be pulling back from social distancing. Dr. Deborah Burke said we had not yet reached the statistical peak of the coronavirus outbreak. president also said early next week he will form a Reopen the Economy Committee, bipartisan with lawmakers, governors, and business leaders. Also, the Surgeon General Jerome Adams said, People of color are not genetically or biologically predisposed to COVID-19, but socially disposed to some of its most ravaging components. I want to bring in our guest, Derek Johnson, who's the president and the CEO of the NAACP. Derek, let my audience know your title. Uh, President and CEO of the National NAACP. Excellent. Uh, Before we get into some of the specifics of... The Friday White House Corona Task Force briefing, I'd like to have you share with the audience your overall assessment of the administration response to the coronavirus pandemic and the concerns you have heard most acutely within the community that you represent.
2: The, the, the response of the administration has been one of uh, lackluster. Uh, this is a man-made pandemic, uh, completely avoidable. Uh, the the level of tone deafness uh, of this administration is appalling. Uh, we had an opportunity as a nation to avoid this. We had the necessary warning. Uh, we have the, uh, the ability, we, we have the ability as a nation to address these type pandemics. And yet uh, this administration uh, didn't heed the warnings, uh, defunded many of the Offices that could have addressed the uh, the pandemic, and now we are sitting in the midst of a public health crisis that we have not seen since nineteen eighteen uh, and also in the midst of a uh, economic collapse
0: and there's been a conversation all this week, as you are i'm sure aware, Derek, that the coronavirus does not necessarily hit people of color more than it hits people who are not of color, but underlying conditions within communities of color increase the virulence of the virus itself, COVID-19, the disease that is set in motion by the coronavirus. How have you evaluated that overall conversation and what directions do you think it has yet to take for the nation to get its arms around it?
2: Well, this is a result of Uh, policy decisions that date back uh, uh, the minimum 10 years, in many ways, uh, decades. Uh, The refusal of uh, many governors to uh, expand the Affordable Care Act, uh, the lack of access to health care, underlining health issues gone on address, uh, on top of the economic structural deficits. Many individuals uh, are not uh, privileged enough to uh, do social distancing. You have individuals who work in the central areas who are low-wage payers, in the public sector, bus drivers. Uh, you have individuals who work in grocery stores, who work at, uh, at school lunch programs. Although schools are closed, they're still serving lunch. Uh, sanitation workers, uh, many hard-working African Americans who go to work every day and yet are exposed uh, to this uh, virus. On top of uh, the, the overcrowdedness of many of our urban pockets. Uh, so it's, it's all of this social determinants uh, that ha, that is impacting uh, African American community at a higher rate, uh, coupled with uh, the structural deficits that we've seen in this nation for many years.
0: I want to play you a couple of sound bites uh, because this conversation took an interesting direction at the Friday White House Coronavirus Task Force briefing in the voice of. Surgeon General Jerome Adams, African-American Surgeon General Jerome Adams. I want to play the first sound bite as he addressed, generally speaking, the underlying question of why this has become a more, as the data suggests, acutely problematic for people of color. So what's
1: going on? Well, it's alarming, but it's not surprising that people of color have a greater burden of chronic health conditions. African-Americans and Native Americans, excuse me, develop high blood pressure at much younger ages. It's less likely to be under control and does greater harm to their organs. Puerto Ricans have higher rates of asthma, and black boys are
0: three times as likely to die of asthma as their white counterparts. And uh, the uh, Surgeon General went also on to say, Derek, that specifically people of color should not smoke, drink alcohol, or take drugs. there's much more to discuss and some other sound bites to play, but I'd just like to get your perspective on the two things that he said in this context right now.
2: You know, high blood pressure is oftentimes a result of food deserts, uh, the lack of uh, early medical support. Uh, Asthma is also an environmental problem of, of individuals who are living in areas uh, with high uh, Uh, of toxic exposure, uh, particularly lead paint and other things of that nature. These are social determinants, it's not the fault of the individuals, it is the reality of of long-standing public policy uh, that this nation has implemented and uh, governed over uh, that has huge uh, deficits in terms of uh, racial outcomes so for African-Americans that have a higher percentage of high blood pressure, that is an indication of access to health care. For Latinos who have higher rates of asthma, that's an indication of environmental forces, uh, none of which this administration and other administrations were willing to, uh, to aggressively address.
0: Jerome Adams, the Surgeon General, also talked about the importance of social distancing and maintaining adherence to guidelines about staying at home. And then he sort of put it in what he thought was a helpful context using some colloquial language. Let's play that soundbite.
1: We need you to do this, if not for yourself, then for your abuela. Do it for your granddaddy. Do it for your big mama. Do it for your pop pop.
0: Your thoughts on that, Derek?
2: Yeah, this administration should really pay close attention on how to uh, deliver a message uh, that's culturally sensitive and the the appropriateness of the platforms used to deliver those messages. I would say that doing a White House uh, briefing uh, is not the appropriate appropriate, uh, uh, platform to deliver a a culturally sensitive message. Uh, For the NAACP, what we really wanna hear, what the Black community really wanna hear uh, is sound medical advice on how to address this current pandemic We would like to see uh, data released by the CDC so we can understand the true impact of what we're confronted with. And we would like this administration to take affirmative steps to address not only the pandemic as it it currently exists, but to address uh, uh, the necessary equipment needed for our medical health professionals, our, our individuals who have to be in a public space every day, because everyone, Uh, simply don't have the privilege to social distance. So we should be prepared to provide them with the equipment so they can protect themselves and
0: their family. Do you think that that language, uh, your abuela, big mama, pop pop, is insensitive? Is it sensitive, but just the wrong place, the wrong time? Is there something there that should be looked at from a critical perspective or just a kind of a mistake that is in essence, harmless, but still a mistake.
2: Inappropriate for the podium that's being used. If you're going to talk to an African-American audience and you want to speak in the, in our language, then, then talk to an African-American uh, audience. That's a, a podium for uh, the administration to communicate to all audience around the seriousness of this pandemic and provide uh, the necessary directions in which we should go.
0: Do you think there's anything uh, borderline condescending, like, well, I'm going to use this special language here at the White House podium so you all get it?
2: I think the most condescending part of the daily press briefing is the fact that it's being used far too often as a a place for uh, political speech, to appeal to a base that that's not relevant to the need. Uh, we need a president and an administration that stand up Uh, to the urgency of the moment, and not uh, a president and administration seeking to win over a political base.
0: So Jerome Adams, the Surgeon General, uh, was asked later in the Friday briefing about some online criticism of his comments. Let's play that interaction with the reporter in the briefing.
1: There are some people online that are already offended by that language and the idea that you're saying behaviors might um, be leading to these high death rates. Could you talk about whether or not people could you, I guess, have a response for people who might be offended by the language that you used? Well, I, I use that language because that's the language. I've been meeting with the NAACP, uh, with the National Medical Association, with others. Uh, I actually talked with uh, with Derek Johnson uh, multiple times this week, the head of the NAACP, and we need targeted outreach to the African American community. And I use the language language that is used in my family.
0: So evaluate that. And could you describe uh, if in fact it is accurate that you've had numerous conversations this week with the Surgeon General? And to what effect do you think those conversations either have had or will have in the future?
2: Well, yes, I've talked to the Surgeon General multiple times. I represent a national organization uh, for African Americans. And I'm always seeking Uh, the most timely information so we can provide our members and our constituents uh, with the necessary critical information. Uh, And and I think it's fine that he used that language with his family, uh, but in this moment, we need a Surgeon General who's using clear language to all citizens, and if we need to develop uh, cultural-sensitive messages, then that's an appropriateness uh, for us to do that.
0: A reporter seeing things online, I imagine you might also have uh, received some kind of uh, response. Uh, did you?
2: Uh, yeah, I, I, so, you know, uh, I actually uh, was distracted earlier today when all the press uh, uh, briefing was taking place. And I didn't have my phone, but when I got my phone, uh, I, I had over 50 me- text messages and multiple calls because uh, people were alarmed uh, at the nature of the press briefing and it. It is a time for us as a community, as a nation, to take this pandemic serious and begin to uh, take on a course of action so we can get past this moment. Uh, I have not seen this administration to take it serious enough so that we can get past this
0: moment. And did those who uh, either were sending you text messages or leaving you voice messages, did they express Uh, something on the lines of they felt personally offended or they thought that this was something that was way out of bounds, uh, slightly out of bounds, or just what the heck was that?
2: What the heck is that? I mean, what's really going on here? Uh, And that's the nature of it. I mean, we've had... Uh, multiple teletown hall meetings. We've invited the Surgeon General to come on to give updates. Uh, When we conduct our teletown hall meetings, we have upwards of 20 plus thousand people on those calls. Uh, We've had uh, many doctors to come on. It is our goal is to provide timely uh, uh, information to our community, medical information to our community. He is the United States Surgeon General. And so uh, uh, many people were shocked because they've Seen him in one form, and and we, and here we are on uh, national television, and 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 how he approached the conversation uh, was a little shocking.
0: And would you say, in general, Derek, that he has the Surgeon General Jerome Adams been responsive to a your community and b your dialogue with him about things that either you needed communicated or that you wanted him to consider going forward?
2: He's been extremely uh, responsive uh, and accessible, uh, and so uh, I don't think. Uh, he, Uh, operating from his his, uh, position, he has been one to uh, do a lot of political speak or operate from a political frame. And so he's been received uh, in that vein. I think, unfortunately today, uh, the approach was not Uh, consistent with what we have seen in the past.
0: And is there something that you would uh, like him or the administration to do, let's say in the next week or two, that you have either had conversations or would like them to pay attention to? You mentioned the CDC numbers. How rapidly would you like to see them? How granular would you like them to be? What kind of things does the NAACP look at with this pandemic and say, these are some top priority items of the next couple of weeks.
2: Well, all the medical experts we've talked to said that this should be driven by the data and the CDC must release that data uh, as soon as possible so we can track where the pandemic is spreading, uh, uh, how it is spreading, which communities are impacted, uh, which members within the community is impacted so we can quarantine and truly address the spread of, of this pandemic. You can't do that without data. Uh, We don't have a cure for the virus, but what we can do is truly map out with as much data as possible, and the nuance of that data uh, should be readily available to any community. If I was a mayor or a governor or served in any public uh, position, I would want to know as much detail about the spread of this virus as possible. So uh, my uh, municipality or state can respond immediately to stop the spread of of the virus.
0: Anecdotally, what is your organization hearing across the country from those who you accurately described as people who have to keep working in many respects, either because they're an essential worker or just for their own livelihood or because of their living conditions, cannot practically practice social distancing? What is the level of anxiety? What are the kind of particular concerns or exposure levels are you picking up anecdotally?
2: It's not anecdotally. It's, it's my family, as friends, I know. Uh, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of concern. I've had people who've exhausted all of their vacation and sick time out of fear of going to work and contracting uh, the virus. Uh, uh, it is something that we all should be concerned about, and particularly as uh, we begin beginning to learn uh, the racial impact of the of the spread of this virus, uh, I'm beginning to see a even a heightened sense of anxiety and fear.
0: And one thing that the Surgeon General said today that I don't think you'll have any uh, problem with. He said, "Look, those people of color are not genetically predisposed to this." But you are socially possibly predisposed to it. That is to say, these underlying conditions. You would, in general, I think, agree with that.
2: I'm not a doctor, but absolutely, I think this is a virus that impacts uh, communities across the board, irregardless uh, of genetics. I think is also a virus that exposes uh, underlying medical con- uh, conditions. It also exposes inequities in how individuals are uh, socialized and and the privilege to social distance. Uh, it exposed uh, the wealth gap we have in this country uh, and it exposed the lack of access to healthcare. Uh, we are looking at uh, a, a, a virus, a pandemic uh, that lack any discriminatory intent, uh, but the, the environment, uh, the, uh, the policy landscape in which we live in and historical nature of how we got here uh, is filled with uh, discrimination. and and, and inequities, uh, not only for the African-American community, but across the
0: board. The the NAACP's history is rich with successful advocacy on behalf of voting rights in this country. How alarmed were you by what you saw in the, the Wisconsin primary recently conducted, and what anxieties do you have about putting together either future primary elections or the general election with COVID-19.
2: It was perhaps one of the most inhumane things I've seen uh, in this nation. When you force individuals to choose between uh, their right, their constitutional right to vote, and the health and safety of their person. Uh, The fact that you have precincts uh, that lack the number of machines to accommodate uh, the voters that were uh, lined up to vote. The fact that you had uh, a county uh, that 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 had closed so many precincts. It was beyond inhumane, and that's on top of uh, the U.S. Supreme Court denying the state of Wisconsin the ability to extend the absentee voting period, so individuals would not have to be faced with that ultimate choice uh, between uh, their health and safety, safety, and and the right to vote. It, it was in, it was humane, and my dog is jumping in my lap here. <laughs>
0: That's okay. Like, it's the
2: value of working, <laughs> working from home.
0: <laughs> no doubt. And what kind of things going forward is the NAACP looking at in this atmosphere of either primaries that have yet to be conducted or a general election that may still have some of these issues related to social distancing or anxiety about being close together and yet carrying out the uh, the franchise and the constitutional right of a vote in a general election?
2: I think uh, this moment has raised uh, the question of the, the public health imperative for us to uh, revisit our system of elections uh, for November. Uh, we need to beef up access to voting in a way in which people can both be safe and exercise their right to vote. Uh, no jurisdiction should uh, be forced to have touch t- screen, uh, touch screen uh, machines. Uh, uh, because of the transmittal of this virus if it have a second wave. Uh, Every county should have the requisite number of precincts so we don't have lines, so people are not standing on top of each other. Every precinct should have the requisite number of voting machines so uh, we can curb uh, the the impact, the potential impact of contracting the virus. Uh, We need to have paper ballots so the transference of the ballots is not on the screen, but in fact, each individual ballot will be a piece of paper that can be uh, uh, done and and scanned in. Uh, uh, Our elections is the safety pin for a healthy democracy, and a healthy democracy should allow for uh, the health and safety of every citizen and every voter. And if there's going to be a fourth stimulus, it should address the health concern around voting during this election cycle.
0: Derek, last question. Uh, your reaction to the fact that Joe Biden, the former vice president, is now the presumptive nominee of the Democratic Party. And do you have any anticipation you will be attending a full-blown four-day convention for the Democratic Party in Milwaukee in August?
2: Well, we we have traditionally attended uh, the party convention for both parties. We're nonpartisan. We don't support political parties or candidates. Uh, and at this juncture, uh, for the NAACP, we have to evaluate. Uh, the status of our convention in, in July, and that's, uh, that's primary on our mind, whether or not we will be able to carry out that convention, whether or not this pandemic would care, uh, be still a, uh, a concern in July. So we're taking things one day at a time, first, internal to how our organization would operate, and then we would evaluate all other relationships that we have.
0: Derek Johnson, President and CEO of the NAACP, thank you. That's all for this episode of CBS Audio's Debriefing, The Briefing.